Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Jamal Williams, I consider him a friend. It's not a rivalry if the other team doesn't win. Now, in the Game On Wisconsin studios, here's your host, Jacob Westendorf. March is here. Spring has sprung. Spring training has not. We'll get into that here in just a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I am your host tonight, as I always am. I'm Jacob Westendorf. But since I got tired of listening to me, I had to bring in somebody much better uh, at all of this stuff than I am from Acme Packing Company and various other outlets, the For Cheddar or Worst podcast, which just smells like a Chris Burke title. <laughs> Wendy Hansen of, like I mentioned, For Cheddar or Worst. Wendy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Jacob. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, we'll have a couple things here to talk about as to why I'm not doing as well as I could be. Uh, but we'll get into that here in just a minute. But let's start. I mentioned at the top of the show here, the For Cheddar or Worst podcast. You guys just had your second episode, if memory serves. Um, forgive me if I butchered that. But <laughs> how did that come from? How, where can we find it? How did you get involved? All that good stuff. Yeah. So um, the For Cheddar Worst podcast, uh, like you mentioned earlier, is definitely a Chris Burke uh podcast or uh, a podcast that stemmed from a Chris Burke pun let's just say that um we actually all work together um with Acme Packing Company of SB Nation I ran their social media for a good while um and my sister Lindsay actually runs it now so Chris and her were talking about putting together a podcast um really talking about everything Packers, um, more, I guess, people focused. Um, they do have a couple other ones um, from that channel specifically, but this one um, it's a little bit more fun, lighthearted. Um, and they asked if I would want to be a part of it. And I absolutely said yes. Uh, so we actually just put out our first episode. We had to record it twice because of technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, that dropped today. And uh, it's been it's been really fun. Um, they are amazing. And so it's just it's fun talking sports with them, um, getting into the nitty gritty of all things Packers. Be sure to check that out. Uh, when do your episode your episodes come out every Monday? Um, during the off season, we are putting an episode out every other week um, and okay. they'll come out on Monday. So every other Monday. So every other Monday, be sure to check those out. You can find them at Acme Packing Company, uh, run by a lot of people that I'm actually pretty good friends with. Wendy, Chris, Justice Mosqueda. Uh, I don't know your sister that well, actually. So maybe um, we'll have to yeah, figure out uh, how that is. But I look forward yeah. to getting to know her through the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. And, work, and working that way. So that's that podcast. Let's get into why we're not happy. Ugh. It is currently seven o'clock on Monday night. And as of the self-imposed major league baseball deadline, there is no deal for a new collective bargaining agreement. The owners have said that if there is no deal by the end of tonight, that they will cancel games and they will not be rescheduled. Um, this is a wide level of frustration for myself 
and it goes back to the the COVID season, as I refer to it, the 60-game season that they had a couple years ago where the players wanted to play 100-plus games, and it was very clear the owners had no interest in playing 100-something games. It was obvious from the beginning that they wanted to play 60 games, and the players were very vocal about wanting to avoid what I now jokingly refer to as a Mickey Mouse champion, and they wanted Mm -hmm. to have a legitimate postseason. And the commissioner of baseball calls the World Series trophy a hunk of metal. And Sounds about right. Yeah. I, I don't – there's not much positive to say at this point on that end of things. I, I think the players have asked for things that, based on what's been reported, they're asking for the luxury tax, in essence the baseball salary cap, to rise with the current revenues of the team. And Major League Baseball has basically countered by saying, well, we'll raise it by $1 million for one season and then not the rest. So this is not a good faith negotiation. This is a disaster, and it seems very clear, Wendy, that you and I care far more about baseball and love that game more than the people that are involved in it, and I'm talking about on the ownership side of things and the commissioner, than anything else. So just bleed it out with me. How are you feeling? What's (laughs) what's? I mean, how are, are, are you resigned to the fact that there may not be baseball until June or July? I am in denial. I think I, I'm working through the stages of, of denial um, and <laughs> and grief right now. Um, I just realized today that we haven't had a regular, normal season of Major League Baseball since 2019, which is crazy. Um, and, you know, in a time when most of our normalcy has been stripped away from us, not having that one thing that we can really rely on and you know, take comfort in um, is just, it's, it's devastating. Uh, This is the first work stoppage since 1995, uh, the seventh in total. So there have been quite a few. Um, The one thing that threw me over the edge today uh, was Rob Manfred after, I think it was one, I think it was the second um, meeting that they had today. He was quoted um, walking out saying, we're working on it. Um, he so him and the owners really didn't propose anything until 41 days into the lockout so it didn't seem like they were in any kind of hurry to work things out to get things going uh at the beginning of the lockout he did mention you know that it would be devastating to potentially lose games to cost players you know their paychecks um and to strip fans of of baseball for any part of the season um and now you know, this, this is happening. So it's just, it's super frustrating, you know, to have someone who is, who has so much power in the league to not be fighting for it, to not, you know, respect the game, to respect these players. Um, And as a fan, you know, it's just, it's heartbreaking because it's already a sport that's kind of struggling. And if, you know, this continues, I think it's just going to be really hard for it to bounce back. Yeah, and that's the thing. So if you go back to 1994 when the players' strike happened, and that was a completely different situation, obviously, but the players' mm-hmm. strike happens, and baseball kind of muddies around for a little while. And they're, I mean, they talked about contraction. They talked about a lot of different things that are just not good words that you want to hear if you're a fan of the sport. Uh, obviously, I know I've talked before that maybe contraction wouldn't be the worst thing in terms of the talent pool, but when you talk about the growth of the overall sports, whichever one it is, start taking away teams and markets. That's devastating. 
for those particular people. So I would never, ever in a million years ask a woman her age. So Wendy, I'm just going to ask, are you of age enough to remember the summer of 1998, Maguire and Sosa Chase? I am. And it was fantastic. <laughs> that was one yeah. of the highlights, the pinnacles of baseball, I feel as, as, you know, a personal fan. And I think as, you know, fan base um, in general, like it just, it sparked that excitement, that, you know, fire of the game. Um, yeah. And it, it really like in a weird way, um, you know, brought baseball back. Yeah, it absolutely did. And that's the problem that baseball is facing now in that, it's unlikely. And as soon as there is anything that's like it, obviously it's going to be marred by a bunch of questions in terms of performance enhancing drugs and everything like that, that are once upon a time, not really looked at as a big deal. And now absolutely would be, there is no Maguire Sosa home run chase to revive the sport. There is no 20 game winner, you know, 25 game winner. Like that's what baseball is going to need if they're going to miss time. And I've said this a million times before too, two shortened seasons in three years. Now, granted a COVID season, nothing you could do about that. Every sport except the NFL really shortened their season or had an interruption of their seasons because of the virus in that particular year. A shortened season of your own regard, that's going to be a problem. That's not going to go over well. It's not a good way to grow your sport. And like you mentioned, it's kind of a sport that's struggling anyways in the age of social media, shorter attention spans. I love baseball. It's one of my favorite sports. It's number two to the NFL. There's no questions about that when it comes to me. But there's a lot of people that think the sport is boring and it's nine hours and you might see five hits between the two teams and the ball's not put in play a whole hell of a lot anymore. There's a lot of strikeouts. It's home runs and strikeouts. And that's just kind of the way the game is played nowadays. Base running is a thing of the past and that's all whatever to me. I think the way that like the game ebbs and flows, eventually stolen bases and putting the ball in play and stuff like that will come back at some point as the game gets a little bit more, zigs and then the other one will zag but it's a struggle for this sport and they can't get out of their own way and they're refusing to get out of their own way that's the biggest problem with it is the players aren't even asking i mean eventually they with some of the proposals they have they're just asking to slightly be taken advantage of now instead mm -hmm. of overwhelmingly yeah. taken advantage of and and that's a problem and it's and it's unfortunate that that's the way that they want to do things as of right now it's 705 as we've been talking no deal has been struck i've got a guy who's on here um, on my Twitter page, it's Jeff B predicts saying that we're either going to have like one or two months of missed baseball, or we're going to have nothing. Now, granted an MLB spokesperson just said 10 seconds ago that they're not done for the night yet. Um, so we'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful yeah. that by the time that you guys are listening to this, that a deal has been reached and we'll be able to have opening day at the beginning of April and we'll be able to have all this stuff, but it is a very content. The, re the reality is, I want the players to get what's theirs. Uh, but at the same time, the one who suffers the most is the fans because it's us that don't get to see the games and labor negotiations are not things I like to talk about at all. I remember when the NFL went through their lockout. That's why I was so thankful a couple years ago when they signed, I think it was like a 12 year deal or something like that. So we don't even have to worry about that. Basketball has been through that. They've had lockouts that extended into the season. Uh, the NHL has had full seasons missed and ultimately just being honest with you guys, that's why I'm lost my hockey fandom. They, they had a, I think it was within the first 12 years of my life. They had like three work stoppages and missed entire seasons. That's troublesome to me. I struggle yeah. with that. So mm -hmm. I think if baseball is going to shorten their seasons, they're going to lose even more fans. I'll come back, but I know Wendy will come back, but yeah. 
how many other people are going to be with us. I don't know. That's going to be mm-hmm. interesting. So let me ask you this, Wendy, just to kind of explain this. In two, the next two years, I can tell you that one, baseball is going to happen because that obviously has to be the case. You get a Packers Super Bowl or a Brewers World Series. That's you can only Brewers have World one. Series. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> you didn't even blink. Okay. No. There you go. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Brewers time, and we've come so close for the last three years. Um, and that's the thing too with this lockout. You know, uh, the Brewers ended on a very sad note last year, um, and it left a very just unsettling taste in my mouth. Um, I was at the last game in Atlanta, the playoff game. Um, it was just awful. It was an awful experience. And so to have that ruminating and not be able to <laughs> um, do anything about it and, you know, kind of make positive steps um, after that fact, uh, it's made it all the worse. So, yes, Brewers World Series, a thousand percent. So there's that. Okay. So the Brewers World Series. So mm-hmm. Rob Manfred, get your stuff together and let's – if, if the Yankees aren't going to win the World Series, and I think anybody listening is going to argue that they've won enough, then yes. that's fine. I'll take that. The Brewers Sorry, can have Todd. one. That's fine. As long as it's not the Boston Red Sox, I don't care. But, <laughs> <laughs> let's move to our favorite soap opera. Speaking of the Packers, it's As the Aaron Turns. Panda Watch is what I have uh, affectionately referred to it as. Aaron Rodgers. And last week I thought this was going to be a moot point because I thought he was going to come on Pat McAfee's show and say, yep, I'm coming back. And then he didn't do that. Uh, Talked about pooping and a bunch of other (laughs) stuff. (laughs) I I mean, seriously, guys, look up a Panch Karma cleanse. It's not pleasant. Not fine. No. And I I can't picture, I don't know, I just can't. I don't know what goes through somebody's head to want to willingly do that, but yeah. that's Aaron's thing and good for him. Ian Rappaport reporting tonight that they are working on a contract extension. Uh, I don't know why you're working on a contract extension. If he's not coming back to the Packers, Wendy, at this point, is it, is this even worth discussing? I mean, obviously it is. We brought it up, but like <laughs> the fantasy land stuff of he's going to get traded should be over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think so. Um, yeah, there's still, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, you just, you never know. He loves uh, the drama. He has that flair for the for the dramatic. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the thing that we expect most not to happen happens. Um, but yeah, it's it's been interesting. I, I'm already not a fan of the offseason. <laughs> um, and I felt like I said that, you know, last year too. Um, it just it's been the Aaron Rodgers show and um, we have just all been players, um, you know, in that. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not, you know, spending a lot of time worrying about it anymore. I did um, for a while, at least initially. um, And now I'm just kind of like, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I trust the organization. I think, you know, they know what's going on. um, And Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he wants to do anyway, regardless of, you know, what anyone says. Um, so I think it's just a waiting game at this point. Yeah, it is. And hopefully the waiting, I mean, the deadline for the franchise tag is next Tuesday mm-hmm. and the new league year is also the week after that. So it seems like we're at a point where a decision's coming sooner than later. Now, a lot of people seem to think that decision is coming on Pat McAfee's show it remains to be seen if that is in fact going to be the case, but 
I'm tired of it. I'm ready to move on. I've been ready to move on from it. And it seems like the only thing I'm going to take some solace in is the group of people that spent the entire season talking about how this was it. It's over. He's leaving. He hates you. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, granted last year when he was going through his whole trade demand thing, I was like, fine, forget whatever. He doesn't want to be here. Then get rid of him. And after the season was over, I said, go ahead and trade him. Cause I think the time is over, but it seems mm-hmm. clear that's not what the Packers want to do. So if that's not what they want to do, what I think is irrelevant. And I am going to take some joy in the tears of unfathomable sadness from Denver Broncos fans and from those that have tried to shove him out of green Bay <laughs> uh, for really the last 365 days. So I'm uh-huh. excited about that. Yep. Let's go to who he's going to be throwing the ball to. Devontae Adams is going to be back. Van Rogers is back. I think oh, that's yeah. a given. So yeah. after that, the question is Lazard, Valdez Scantling, Robert Tunyon, players of that ilk. Of those guys, who do you think is the most important that they bring back for the 2022 season? It's a great question. And I and I honestly had to think about it because there, there are advantages to, to all of those guys that you mentioned, and I would love to have them all back. Uh, I think, however, our, our boy, Alien Lizard, um, would be the most valuable. Um, he isn't your typical wide receiver. He's uh, oftentimes used as the inline blocker, too, on inside runs. Um, so, you know, he doesn't necessarily get all of the passes, but he's very uh, multifaceted. And I think, you know, if we bring him back, he could really prove to be an asset to the offense um, in that way. You know, um, he's he's always been a fantastic player. You know, he had a little bit of trouble this past season, um, but I would love to see him back out there again. I think, you know, the chemistry that he has with Rodgers is fantastic. Um, and, you know, if, if we're going to go out, um, you know, with one banger of the last season with him, I think you know, um, Alan Lazard is going to be there right with him. Yeah. I, here's the thing is I think the Packers could bring back like that entire group if they wanted to Lazard and MBS, if they wanted to figure out a way to do that, they could. Mm -hmm. Um, Lazard seems to be simple because he's a restricted free agent. So they can just put a simple second round tender on him. Nobody's giving up a second round pick for Alan Lazard, at least not, not in my opinion on that stand. Um, I would say, Mine is just because of who else is in that room. It's, And I'm debating between MVS because I think MVS's speed obviously adds an element to this team that, that they don't have. But Robert Tunyon is somebody that if he's healthy and recovered and you'd have to talk to some of the doctors and everything like that on that side of things, the Packers tight end room is not in good shape. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is uh, only getting older and he's not a pass catching threat for the most part anyways, and had a pretty large fumble in the playoff game this past season on a drive that looking back on how the rest of the game played out, the Packers could have put the game away with a simple touchdown at the end of that drive, but they didn't do that. Tyler Davis is a backup. Dominique Daphne and Josiah DeGuara are H back. And in Daphne's case, probably a special teamer. They just don't have somebody that can attack the middle of the field. And I think that's something Tunyon can do. And it's something you saw him starting to do when he hurt his knee. And I still remember watching that game on Thursday night. Tunyon makes the big play over the middle of the field. And then he just like stops in his tracks, grabs his knee and falls down. And we're like, ah, shit. Like (laughs) that's, that's the end of his season. It was, it was heartbreaking for a guy that uh, he was tied for the league lead in touchdown receptions at the tight end position. So well. Yeah. 
And he's such a cool story because he undrafted free agent kind of works his way through the ranks, uh, was picked up on waivers by the Packers and all that stuff. So I like all those guys. I think they'll bring back two of them, Lazard, MBS, Tunyon. I think it, they're just kind of picking between MBS and Tunyon. It's just the other thing. It, it's interesting to see how Tunyon's recovered from his knee injury. And we didn't even mention Randall Cobb. I'm curious to see if that's part of like Aaron Rodgers's quote unquote demands. Of yeah. Cause it was last year. <laughs> uh-huh. and the Packers can save a lot of money by cutting him. Right. Uh, would they bring him back on a deal? That's like the vet minimum. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way you really can bring back Randall Cobb. Right. Is if it's yeah. on a deal like that. So that's a bit of a bummer just cause he's such a fan favorite and everything like yeah. that. But well, let's roll on to our – we've got our last two topics of the night. There's been so much dark clouds of negativity and speculation on stuff, so I wanted to get a little more positive. So, Wendy, my question to you is what is your first memory of the Green Bay Packers? My first memory of the Green Bay Packers. So I was actually talking to my sister Lindsay about this. Um, we were kind of trying to figure out when was it or if there was a specific moment, point in our lives when – you know, we really became full-fledged Packer fans. And, you know, being uh, from Wisconsin, it's it's in our blood. So it's just a given that we are going to be uh, for the most part. But I think my first Packers memory was um, Super Bowl 31, Packers-Patriots. Uh, I was six or seven. I was, I was a young youngster. Um, but I just remember, you know, that being the first moment that the Packers really, or the Packers, um, but also, you know, Wisconsin sports team being on that grand stage um, and, you know, watching it with my dad. Um, I remember after they won, he picked me up and like swung me around the living room um, to the point where like I almost got sick. Um, and I was like, okay, like I, I can get into this. Um, and, you know, ever since then, um, it's just kind of become, you know, the fabric of, of my life. Um, also, fun story. Um, so my boyfriend, Mike, is a huge Patriots fan. He's from New England. Yeah, he's a Patriots um, and a Red Sox fan. I don't understand what you're doing with him. But right, I'm sure he's a really nice guy apart yeah. from those things. But he sounds like an <laughs> awful person from everything I know about him. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, Mike, if the, you're listening, please don't punch me in the face. Please don't, I promise yeah. <laughs> that was sarcasm. <laughs> but we, um, that was the the first like pickup line um, was about that game because um, he, I had this like sweatshirt, this old Super Bowl 31 sweatshirt, um, and he was like, really, really, and so, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's like my my core memory of like the very first time I was like, okay, yeah, like Packers football, yes, I'm in. And I could certainly relate to the daddy daughter thing as a somebody that's a father of a daughter and maybe two here yeah. soon enough. Yeah. So we'll see if that is going to be the case. Um, do you remember your first time? Have you you've been to Lambo? I assume I have. Yeah, my first game was Reggie White's last home game against the Bears. Oh wow! Phenomenal. Strings, why don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was you know, and I I haven't been back since. Sadly, um, I I kind of like to think that I like I don't think I could top that experience. It's mostly because I'm poor and I just haven't been able to get to a game. Um, but it, I'm definitely planning on it next year. I'll, I'll be there um, next year for sure. But yeah, I, I went with my the dad. Patriots come to Green Bay. That sounds like they do. Kismet, right? The must have, like, must do. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was great. It was a December game. I remember. Um, and it was the warmest December game. It was like 65 degrees. Uh, we did the whole tailgate thing. Um, we sat next to, um, season ticket holders who, um, were just, you know, they, they were older and they were kind of like instilling this wisdom in me, um, and teaching me all about the game. And, um, it was just an experience. And I think that's, you know, what makes Lambo so special is the people, the fans, the energy. Um, there's nothing, there, there isn't anything like it. Um, and, you know, for people who haven't been there, I, I strongly encourage you to see at least one game, even if you're not a Packers fan, um, because, you know, the, the level of, um, you know, just, just football greatness, um, and, you know, camaraderie that you'll experience is just off the charts. Yeah. It's unlike, I mean, I remember my first trip and watching people stop at other people's tailgates and just mm -hmm. random, like doing a drive-by, grabbing a brat. Like it was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Seeing all that stuff. And something I like to see now is like when you see those jerseys and hats of a team who's not even playing, it's like, dude, why are you here? Like, isn't your team right? playing? Goes, yeah. But I wanted to see Lambo. So I yeah. came to Lambo. And <laughs> It's a historical monument as far as I'm concerned. So you're mm -hmm. you definitely, like I said, tug at my heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Why don't you? So final topic, we talked about your favorite uh, memory and your first game. Who's your favorite player? Reggie White. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah, he was not only one of the most amazing players on the field, you know, he um commanded space whenever he walked onto Lambeau or any field that you know he was playing on um he was just a force in the best possible way uh but he was also just such an incredible human being um and you know you you don't always get that um but you know both sides of the coin and he was definitely um both so it was it was an honor to to watch him play um and uh, I, I have actually both jerseys, home and away, of white. And um, I I used to wear them all the time. And now um, <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, I, I kind of like preserve them because they are very special. Um, but yeah, he's far and away uh, my, my favorite player. Okay, so let's go to the current side of things. Who's your favorite player that's still playing? Current player. Oh, that is a good question. Um Probably, I do like Cobb. Um, I've always been a huge Cobb fan. Um, it's the eyes, isn't it? It's the eyes, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's definitely the eyes. I also like Mercedes Lewis. I think, you know, Big Dog, he's just, he's such a, a cool guy. Um, I will never be that cool. Um, but, you know, his, his story is great. And I think, you know, he epitomizes what a Packer is, just that, you know, down to earth, good guy, you know, hardworking, um, you know, putting in the days to, to get the job done. Um, and you know, that's, that's what I love to see. So there's that you have her, you can find her. She's Wendy Hanson on Twitter at Wendy Lou. It's W E N D I Lou who like the Whoville and the <laughs> number three, uh, after that for her Twitter handle. And you can catch her every other Monday on for cheddar or worst at the Acme Packing Company page, which is awesome. Check them out. They're yes. awesome. You can find me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. And on my Twitter page, you will find the Green Bay Draft Guide, which we just launched today. You can yeah. order for $8.99. Check that out. Over 200 profiles personalized to the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to say this openly, since evidently Twitter likes to put things a couple different ways. Buy both. 
Chiefs TV's <laughs> draft guide and buy the Green Bay draft guide. You can buy both of them. There's no thing between the two of us. There. Is that clear enough to everybody? Thank you very much for that. And thank you for laughing, Wendy. I appreciate it. <laughs> everybody else, I'll be back next week. I've got Andy Herman coming on the show next week to talk. Hopefully, we have a quarterback decision between now and then. Otherwise, I'm not quite sure what we're going to talk about just yet. But we'll figure that out. The Packers kind of let us tell the story like that, right? So we'll do all that. We'll be back next week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. 